The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games podcast network. This week's episode of PSVG Prime is brought to you by the amazing Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash PSVG. But a special thank you to Edwin Callow, Coach Hulk, Barry Cathcart, Chris M., Paul Calico, Kyle Heyman, Benny Lou, and Joel Voss, Professor Switch. If you're not familiar with our Patreon program, what you get in addition to the heartfelt thank you from the PSVG staff for supporting exactly what we do... You get exclusive episodes of PSVG DLC, Bored with Everything, and eventually Arcadia Academia and Kevin Hates Everything will also be returning to you in an exclusive feed just for Patreon supporters. But you also get entered in the Patreon of the Month Club, which gets you a prize every month, potentially, if your name is selected. Current offerings include $20 to Apex Legends, $20 to the eShop of your choice, or a spiffy PSVG baseball cap. So to get in on all the action help support us, head on over to patreon.com slash PSVG. And now, on to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of PSVG Prime, the flagship show of the PSVG Podcast Network. It is I, your host, Kevin. And with me, as always, is the Chewy to my Han, Mr. Clancy Yarvinger. I mean, Lucas Rose. Man, it's like we planned that. I mean, I have it on standby, basically, whenever it's needed. So you need a Wookiee. I'm your, I'm your guy. You got. You, sometimes you gotta let the Wookiee win. It's true. If you want to have arms, you'll let the Wookiee win. That's that's very true. But we're, we're not alone, Lucas. Somebody else kind of creeped in to our territory. Uh, he emerged from the shack, and I guess <laughs> it, if I'm Han and you're Chewbacca, does that make him like Jar Jar? I guess. Ooh. I mean, well, he's not that bad. BB-8. No. Nah, yeah. Lovable. Okay. Yeah, BB-8. All right, so BB-8. Mister Donnie Reese. Debating if I just want to just quit now. I was waiting for your BB-8 noise. Your your dead-on impression. Yeah, it's not coming. <laughs> Greets, Kooplings. Don, Donnie's very excited to be here in case you guys didn't know. Um, it's just, it's been a week, as he said, right? No, it's it's been, it's been okay. It's been a week full of podcasting, you know? This is like four or five shows in a row or something like that. So. Well, well, whose fault is that? I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I, know. I feel I feel good. I, I love podcasting. This is great. Um, that part of it's good. Being compared to Jar Jar Binks, that's the part that's not good. Well, that's why we went with BB-8. Mm-hmm. I was just throwing it out. No, there. no, Kevin. We know your true feelings. You you showed your cards. Listen, either you can't way, have Lucas come pull you out of the ditch again. Like <laughs> that's what he does best, though. Either way, you're loved by children, no matter who you are. <laughs> that's oh, true. Isn't that important? Oh, All God. the kids love Donnie. Oh, the Star Wars stuff is everywhere. That's yeah, that's the downer. Just oh, I watched like a like a car insurance commercial do the exact same thing that like the Xbox commercial did, where they mm-hmm. were like kids pretending to be Star Wars, progressive auto insurance. I was like, oh my god, I hate this. Like, I just need this to go away now. Can we get over the hump? Nope, nope, it's bad. So like, Mandalorian's out, and Disney Plus is out, and Jedi Fallen Order is out, and yeah, but this is like 
it's the totally cool movie. when the Star Wars game does it. But when everybody else does the exact same commercial and just slaps their product on it, that's that's when it's gone too far. Oh, so what about the fans? What about the stormtroopers in Fortnite though? Yeah, because that dropped today too. Yeah, it's a bit too far. <laughs> Nathan was tagging. Apparently, he's going to get Nathan to play Fortnite. But uh, I, I don't know. How, I'm wondering how much they are. I figure they got to be at least twenty bucks. Just to yeah, get they probably. Oh. It's got to be. And and uh, was it our friend Justin Warner tweeted at it this morning. It was like six a.m. He had tweeted it. That's when I saw it. And my response was, "Does it make your aim any worse?" Because I figured you have to. like that. <laughs> oh, would did you great. do that too? I saw Jason did that. Yeah, yeah. I, I had done it hours before. I didn't like. I just Ooh, responded to Justin. Kevin. I didn't like retweet. Who it. shot first? Who shot first? just low key here? Just like mm, really no, no. over here. No, no. I'm sure they I'm, were the only two people on the internet who made that joke. Exactly. I, I looked at Justin's comments first to make sure nobody else made that joke. As a matter of fact, I knew I wouldn't be the first person to come up with it. But it'd be even better if they just made that skin deliberately worse just to be authentic and be like, yeah, you can't hit anything if you're running out of that skin. Your crosshair just jumps all over. Yeah, no, be awesome. Uh, but I haven't been playing Fortnite, and I, I unfortunately haven't been playing Jedi either, uh, which we'll get to. So let's jump right in. Let's talk about what we've been playing. Let's do video games. It's what we do here. Sometimes when Lucas and I are geeking out or making song lyric references, because we'll do that. I guarantee it. It happens. It does. It does. Uh, Lucas, why don't you go first? Though? Ooh, ooh, I feel so, so wanted. So normal, needed. normal. normal. That's kind of what we do every episode. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of <laughs> okay. true. Uh, Outer Worlds. Let's talk about that last, because that's on yours. Okay. <laughs> um, Astral Chain. Uh, I played a little bit more of it. I, I got some flack on this because you I did. did. I did say I prefaced it. it. I prefaced it by saying I only played a small portion of the beginning. Yes, apparently. and nobody listened to you. Apparently, I I was surprised <laughs> the amount of flack you got when you said like, "Hey, I only played it a little bit," and this is these are my early thoughts. Tom was like, "Oh, he made a complete assumption on the game." After only playing a little bit. So I know <laughs> yeah, he right. heard me, but he didn't care. He didn't That's care. It's, it's like maybe you have a reputation that people just assume. Blanket know. statements, Lucas. You're That's no crazy. Yeah, you? Listen, blanket statements, man. You know what? Fine. Just for that, my I beat the game and my opinion hasn't <laughs> changed since the first hour. No, trash. <laughs> exactly. Anime trash. Uh, so, uh, for instance, I was able to do some of the detective work, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, is greatly appreciated because running around doing the same thing over and over. I made the comparison to something I played recently of Platinum Games, and that was Transformers Devastation. Yep. And while the combat in that game is pretty solid right off the bat, guess what you're doing for six to eight hours over and over and over? You know, you see the car transformation. It's like, oh, that's cool. But then you see it for eight hours and you're like, OK, is there any more to this game? And thankfully, with Astral Chain, there is. Um so you have a little bit of uh, investigation, investigation stuff, and you're kind of looking for keywords when you're doing this, and and that's helping you kind of go along in the story, and and uh, you get graded on these things, which always bolsters anybody to do better. Um, unless you're playing in casual mode, like I am, so that I can finish the game, then you don't get graded, and <laughs> I just have to, you know, go through it. Tom Tom Servo did say go on casual mode because. You can't really get good grades until you 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 go through it once, which I cool did this. I did. I was gonna say I did the same thing with school, so <laughs> I had to go through twice. Um, casual mode, exactly. Casual mode school. <laughs> I think that's called night school. Um, anyways, so yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's doors opening up in this in this game. Lappy, Lappy the dog. That's that's fun. Um, and uh, I'm customizing my character. 
that's always a good time. You know, it didn't really save Damon X Machina, but, uh, you know, it's appreciated <laughs> here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not hating it or anything and I'm, I'm getting grips on the, the combat here. You know, it still is kind of one or two buttons, but <laughs> Donnie's shaking his head right now at this moment, I've only done, I think two other cases at this moment. It's still really only two other buttons as far as I'm concerned and switching out weapons. So, so you're how still many, using how many the, cases in you said two, three, two or three. Yeah. So you're like 95% done with the games. So this is your final <laughs> opinion. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It will, it will okay. never change from this. Uh, so, you know, I've done some training with, um, switching out weapons i just got i think it's called the gladius which is the spoilers the big... jesus oh uh can't do yeah, anything Lucas, you spoiled it oh my gosh you're right i need to you know what if i'm going to talk about a game i need to look in every single trailer that's released and find out what they put in the trailer even if it's just for a split second <laughs> so that i can point to the trailer and say well it was in the trailer so it's not really a spoiler precisely there we go. That's what I'm going to do from now on. Uh, I got a lot of trailers to watch, guys. I'll be back. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm learning a little bit more about these controls, the weapons, the pulling and the pushing, the chains, the astral chaining and, and whatnot. And uh, that's a lot of fun. Tying them up, flinging them backwards with the old chain or chain gang. And uh, it's all right. It's all right. I'll play a little bit more of it. I absolutely love when you get to the point. Um you start to like slingshot yourself mm. using your phone chain that, jump that yeah. never gets old um because you can start to um key in on the enemies up in the sky and you throw your i don't even remember what they are anymore <laughs> what are they called your legion that's it legion yeah you throw your legion at it and then your legion can pull you so yeah. you throw your legion it pulls you up into the air and then you throw your legion again and you can be up in the air simultaneously like pulling off attacks it's got just crazy, really good Devil May Cry vibes, but in a totally different way. Speaking of legions, I don't know how much I trust these things, because from a story perspective, they seem like they will turn on you and kill you at any second. So to, the fact that you're like working with one and, and, and doing all that seems a little bit weird. It's kind of scary. But uh, that's the allure of the legion. I mean, your your point of like pressing the attack button is not wrong i mean there is an attack button but i think you're you're it sounds like you're like you're just paying giving no attention towards the fact of how much you can customize and modify that attack button because while you're always yeah you're pressing to attack but you're constantly or you should be constantly changing that attack to fit the enemy you should be using your legions attacks using their special attacks changing from the baton to the gun using yeah combos like so all of that gets involved of it if you, if you really feel like you're pressing one button you're doing it wrong <laughs> i well i will say i did the um i haven't gotten to a part where i need to do that yet i did the um training with yeah. the mixing it up basically and uh yeah for each enemy type there is kind of the associated weapon that you should be using against them. And then the guns kind of fill in the blanks there, which is nice. Um, I was like, you said, devil may cry had the guns and that was always appreciated too, to have a little bit of range. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I I'm enjoying it. It's just kind of one of those games that I just go play for an hour and then come back to it another time, like days later or whatever. I don't know why. Um, lastly, I beat links awakening. Hey, you beat me. Nice. I didn't beat it yet. Um, I, I'm 
you're right. I beat you. Um, don't forget it. Um, Sorry. How are, have you gotten any farther since we've talked? Because I'm about I to spoil I've, so much. That, no, I'm just kidding. I don't think I've played it, but I but I mean, I did beat the game over 20 years ago when it came oh, okay, out. So, so I mean, fair enough. How um, did you defeat Ganon? Twice. I also got the Master Sword. Twice. And, and the Triforce. And I saved Zelda. Mm-hmm. All of that happens. Sounds in right. This game. Accurate. Um, this was a tough one for me to 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 beat. Mm. I, I don't have the nostalgia. I'm not coming in with the nostalgia, and I'm not yeah. saying that that makes Same. it a great game for everyone. Um, you either love it or you hate it or whatever. It's an okay game. It it definitely shows its age with the construction of the levels and everything and i think that's where a lot of the frustration comes in because you can see it's very grid like there are certain places where you can only get through at the very tip top left right portion of the of the map and there's this little rock you have to lift up and you can't lift it until you get the power band or whatever that type of thing whereas nowadays we're kind of used to a much more open layout where if you're just blocked off by something it's like oh the bridge hasn't been constructed yet there's some story reason why you can't go where you're not supposed to go so those things were a little bit frustrating and i think that's a little bit more on me because uh some of the temples were also frustrating it was a little tough to go through and do um some of the later ones like the eagle's tower and um what's the very last one the one in the mountains i can't remember the name Anyway, it's the one in the mountains, the upper east part of the uh, map. And uh, yeah, those parts were, con- I don't know, there's just a lot to them. There's a lot of going around. And if you forget to hit a crystal to change the colors that yep. bring the things up on the floor, you got to go all the way back. And before I had the uh, the fish's mambo or whatever it was called <laughs> to, to get back to the, to the uh, entrance of the dungeon, that was a pain, dude. So bad. So yeah, not a huge fan of backtracking and doing all that, but I I did get through it, um, and I don't know. I feel fairly accomplished. I haven't beaten a lot of Zelda games, so I can say I beat this one. And uh, I'm I'll say this: I'm glad I rented it. I'm I'm not mm. glad that I bought it. Have sure. again having no, you know, it's probably cool for people who remember playing it, but for me, it was enough to just play it this time around. It had enough updates to to make it feel current enough to make it worth it over just going back and trying to play it on some emulator or something. Yeah, no, totally. So. And I mean, I've, I was a proponent from the start saying like this game shouldn't have come out at 60 bucks. Like it just <laughs> yeah. should have been less like, but if it was like a 30 or $40, I think a lot of people would be a little more forgiving for those people who don't have that nostalgia factor to it. If you said there and say, well, this wasn't a $60 game, but it was a $40 game. It was a solid $40 game. That's fine. But Nintendo typically doesn't do that. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be okay. The they can't the cheapen the brand, man. Right. Well, they can in quality, just not in the price. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't. I didn't have a problem paying the the money for it. I mean, I I don't th- like. I, I've I've said my piece on this, so I won't take long. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't think it was like a super great outing. I wasn't overwhelmed or you know impressed too much. Um, it's a good game. I played it a lot. I it took me longer to beat it than 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 I was led on. Um, early on with Kevin at E3, I didn't beat that game in eight hours, like double that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I paid $60 for plenty of 15 hour games. So, yeah, the content of the game doesn't bother me at all. I, I wish it, you know, didn't have the frame drops and didn't have all the other stuff that uh-huh. I've talked about. Yeah. That's what I, I wished about more. That's true. 
Well, I will say in closing, I never did get the boomerang. <laughs> oh, I think I had, dope. I think I had three. Oh, I know because there were times when I'm like, oh, that's how you beat that enemy. Because I did look some stuff up because I wanted to be done with the game. And I was like, oh, well, it's too late now. I ain't getting the boomerang. <laughs> and uh, I think there were two other empty slots that I had. But uh, whatever. Didn't need them. That fish got woke, yo. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, yeah. Sorry. 20 year old <laughs> game. Um, and then lastly, Outer Worlds, which I won't go on too much about. I will just say that uh, I have gotten further than I was previously. I left the first world spoilers and uh, gotten some <laughs> followers spoilers. And uh, the game is set in space spoilers. Um, and I got into, I've gotten to the next place that you're told to go. And uh, yeah, I'm really it's got its hooks into me now. You know, I'm, I've got some characters I care about. They've told me some backstories. Mm. I'm ready. Like, oh, you need me. You need my help. Uh, old chum. Let's go. What's your character missions? I don't need main missions. I need secondary character missions so I can uh, romance you. Are you a romance option? <laughs> oh, spoilers. There's no romancing in this game, thankfully. I didn't think there was. I figured <laughs> there probably wasn't. But uh I'm playing on PC, so I could probably just mod it in if I wanted to. That's true. You can romance like it or something, but yeah, yeah. Pennywise will show up. I figured I'd just romance the ship. That that oh, AI yeah? Is pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> that 2D static image. I know, right? Um, um yeah, so how are you doing? So I beat it today. I, I wrapped it up. So it is done. Um mm, I will say I really, really hope that there's more plans for this game as a series or even just DLC. Give it the fallout treatment where you have the main narrative and you get some fun quests that you can do in the world. Every DLC is a new planet. It could happen Um, because this really isn't a spoiler because it doesn't really revolve or anything. But that map you get, Lucas, with the different planets that you choose where to go, your destinations. You don't go to all of them. Spoilers. So um, there's a potential in my head. I'm like, maybe it could be DLC I, or maybe it's just, you know, there's a reason you don't go. I don't know. After what you said and I saw the map, I kind of assumed that just because mm-hmm. some of it did kind of, it could go either way, but some of them did look like map dressing basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, maybe there's options I didn't do right and I didn't get something to go. Um, Nathan and I are planning on, and depending on how long it takes you to wrap it up, we want to do a spoiler cast, like a review cast for it and talk about it. Uh, because just looking at the numbers, whatever Nathan did, his game ended a hell of a lot earlier than mine. I'm talking like 20 hours sooner. Like he made some Whoa. sort of choice that took him on a totally different path. So he even say he goes, oh, no, the game ends really quick. And I'm like, really? And I checked in with him. I was around the same portion that he was. And I mm-hmm. still played for another week and wrapped the game up today. Um, but I had something like 20 more missions than he did. Um, so he he did something drastically different. So we haven't spoken as to what that does for the narrative, but clearly this game does, um, you know, while in spirit, it looks to try and do the things that fallout does like mass effect where you make decisions and it actually matters. I think in this game, it actually matters. Like it does drastically change the experience you can have, which might be nice for some replayability, but I, I wanted to wrap it up before star Wars. So yeah. I was pushed, but I know um, I'm, I'm dreading that, that juggle, right? There. Yeah. You're not gonna, you're going to end up sticking with one. I bet. Um, I will say though, right as of right now, and there's still time left in the year, but this game of the year for me, hands down. Ooh. And Donnie would hate it every second of the game. He would be angry. Why, why do you always say that? Cause I know, I know this is not a Donnie game. 
Okay. It's slow. It's story driven. Um, There's no Pokemon. <laughs> no. Um, no, <laughs> it's, it's heavily story driven, but not in the sense of like a walking simulator where it's the narrative there. Lots and lots of dialogue choices. Um, and there's basically things in the game that like you, you can do anything a la Skyrim, but if you do certain things, you pay massive consequences for. But in this game, it, it appears that like you could do that and actually end the game, which is just weird to me. And I think that's what happened with Nathan. I think he made a, a decision that kind of just ended the story right then and there. Kind of like the the fake um, endings in the Far Cries. Where like, hey, you do something at the beginning and you could end the game in an hour. Sure. I, ah, I think you yeah. could do that with this, but there's there's no unless you do multiple save files, there's no going back. Like you, you'd have to start all over again and do a whole new narrative. Um, so yeah, it's kind of weird like that, but I think the combat's slow. It's very chuggy. It plays uh, pretty much like a fallout game, which I know you don't like that style of uh, shooting mechanic there. So it's, I did it, find this shooting a little bit better though. It's for me, it depends on the gun. Certain that, guns oh, just felt be. better than others. And I tried like, I mean, there's, as you go throughout the game, there's numerous different types of guns you can get. And there are some wacky ones out there. If you're willing to search for them mm. uh, that do very unique um, things called science weapons, basically. And they do different things and cause effects where um, some of them are fun. If you find them, um, we'll talk about that later, but yeah, it just, a lot of the guns, most of them did feel good, but some of them didn't feel that great. I noticed with handguns, especially the cursor and where the gun is actually held on screen. Don't seem to line up. Mm. And I'm normally not one to look for the cursor. I, I normally look at like where the gun is aiming at. And mm -hmm. I found I had a hard time shooting with a handgun because of that. Nothing major, mm. but just felt weird to me a little bit. But I can see that. Yeah, but that, that's it for me. That, that's all I played because I was trying to wrap that up. I need to get to Call of Duty uh, more. I only played the first two missions of that campaign. And then I want to get into Star Wars. So I think Star Wars is going to come first before people start um, dissecting the story. And, and jumping into that because we know like that's going to be like a, like a uncharted where it's like, Hey, this is the linear story. So as it gets out, people are going to discover things. So I want to jump into that and be part of that hype train for once and be playing something. Actually, everybody else is playing for once besides apex, but <laughs> Donnie, what have you been playing? I mentioned uh, call of duty. I see that. Yeah, I, I did finish the call of duty campaign. Um, I played like the first five chapters the the, the day it came out. And uh, I put it down. I was playing Luigi mainly, trying to finish that up. And um, after the first five chapters, I, it's not that I didn't think the game was bad by any means. I just wasn't like overly, like I don't know, enamored with it. It just felt very, very like safe and normal and Call of Duty. You know, like just this is what Call of Duty does. Not that I was expecting anything grander, but a lot of the lead up to this game, you know, there's been a lot of talk conversation around some of these games like harder points and it's going to make you do some things that you may not want to do and right and like they're invoking all this stuff and i was expecting more of that at least earlier on and then there really wasn't anything there um having gone back and finished it i still don't think that i think some of those things were have been overblown and it's one of these interesting things because i think having grown up with call of duty having seen the nuke and the white phosphorus and all the things over the years make it hard to top that, especially when we've gone to space and we've had a robot companions and, and, and then like the flood flying through the sky, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, so the bigger emotional impact moments that you do, they're there like uh, spoilers. There's a torture scene, right? Like you're going to do that and you don't have to do it. You can choose not to. 
Um, and then you can kind of choose how that plays out. But after you've seen a nuclear bomb blow up an entire city, is that really like the thing that's going to like grab, you know, and make you sit back and question life and humanity? And like, I don't think I didn't have it that way anyway, you know? So um, I just think it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's very, uh, I, one of the things I really appreciate about the campaign, it's very grounded and it feels very real. It doesn't feel like chopped up or, or make believe or like, honestly, it doesn't even feel like, like a Rambo action movie or anything like that. Like, Everything here feels like this could have happened or it could have been a story, you know, that, that a soldier or happened in a war or a battle. You know, it's all very believable. And that part I actually liked about it. And I think because of its, its narrative being so realistic, like grounded in realism, that those emotional moments, I feel like, you know, like they carry more weight. If, if this is your first Call of Duty, you might feel that way. Or if you don't play a lot of Call of Duties or a lot of like these shooter bang bang games, you might feel that way. But with everything that we've been through and everything that I've played, eh, just a little softer than I expected it to, to land. That said, the game is absolutely stunningly gorgeous. And it's interesting because it feels like it feels like the Xbox One X is holding it back. Like it could it could look better. It could run better. Hmm. It really feels like they're getting everything they can out of this hardware. And it's honestly like I'm playing this game and I'm just like, man, what is this going to do next gen? What is this going to look like? Yeah. This yeah. is a, a completely rebuilt engine and everything. Like, what is this going to do when it gets full release of hardware and all kinds of new fidelity? It's going to go to the next level. But um, ultimately, I really enjoyed it. I actually, uh, I think when I finished the campaign, I, I didn't come full circle, but what I thought was maybe okay-ish so far, I thought was pretty great. I don't think Call of Duty does anything poorly. Um, I think the story is, like I said, I think it's grounded. I think it hits its beats and it gets out and it doesn't overstay its welcome. And uh, for that much, I appreciate it. It's it, it's a little short. It does have some really... There are moments in the gameplay, for example, if I could use an experience that I had. Um, and, and you've seen this in trailer. There's a few of these missions where you're playing in night vision. And you're going through like a house and, and there may be, you know, like civilians and women and children, things like non-enemies. Um, one of them, you know, was hands up, please don't shoot all that, um, was a woman. And she was on the ground and she totally like crawled under the bed and then pulled out a gun and started shooting me. And killed me the first time I came through. Dang. You know, and it's like that has not that's something that we haven't had in Call of Duty. And it wasn't like a big thing that it make it a story thing or right. preppy for it, it just happened. And it like that's the realism I'm saying. Like the realism in that campaign is is you're going through door to door. Like I got a sense in some of those missions, like you better check your corners. <laughs> like you, you know, like you better like pay attention to your lines, or you could get shot by somebody like behind the door. Like they'll shoot you through the doors. Hmm. And for that, it it like the stakes felt, you know, it's a video game. I'm not trying, to, but the stakes felt somewhat real. And uh, that I really appreciated. So by the time I was done with it, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's game of the year, but I really, I really thought it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Cool. Have you, um, have you attempted to do any of the multiplayer or no. the, the co-op? <laughs> so there's co-op campaign missions through the spec ops or something like yes, that. Too? I would like to do those, but just like I would like to play gears and Anthem and, <laughs> yep. and everything else. It's funny. We've got two, we've got a dozen plus people here that don't play video games together. 
It's true. It's very you know, it's, true. We just don't. It's either we're we're covering things for shows, we're playing things we want to, or none of our schedules line up, but we just don't have the time. And uh, I, as much as Jason loves to poke and prod at this over the years, I think he's absolutely right. Oh, yeah. And he's I give up right. on the idea that we can never make it happen. Like, no, what you can't. what you need to do is you all need to do Extra Life next year, and then we're forced to play games with each other <laughs> like, for 25 hours straight. I, we can play all the games we wanted to play at the same time. Yeah, I've been asking and reminding and pinging to play World War Z since the first night, and it has not happened. And I've it's not for a lack of trying. I've I've tried. Yes. No, no I've seen you. I've seen you actively try with uh, Josh it, and Kyle. Yep. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work out all the time, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's got stuff to do. You know, like I had. To, you know, my wife got in a car wreck, so like stuff happens. I get it. Mm-hmm. I just gotta give up on trying to do it, and then I, I think that's why I never. I never want to get too invested into like a multiplayer game because of that. Because I can't. That's true. I don't have the, you know, the the blind faith that I'm going to make it out on the other end. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. I did play Call of Duty Complete with the new Xbox controller. Mm. I took your your advice and I played the entire campaign with the paddles. I think I get it. It's still not my favorite. Sure. I did take the paddles off when I started playing other games. Yeah. It's, it's like twofold. Mine are off too. So I I I I appreciated the paddle. So, and you you have to remind me because your first setup I don't even quite remember. I, I had one for reload. And one for jump. Yep. Is that what you told me to do? That's, that's what I do, yeah. Here's the thing that I noticed. I don't jump in Call of Duty ever. Like, I was barely <laughs> using fair. that paddle. And that's I was fair. like, that does this doesn't make any sense. So what I did is I set it to crouch. Crouch okay. prone. Yeah. And I actually mm. liked that quite a bit. I got into a groove where I was using it for crouch and, and reloading all the time. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But I don't think that it was so cool or so... I, I don't know if I'm... I don't think I'm good enough to to notice the difference between using the paddle for that command or the face button. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like one of those things where I was like, okay, I hit the paddle, but that just could have easily been my thumb moving over. You know, and like I don't know if I I don't know if I got that difference. Also, when I'm holding the controller with the paddles, I think this is the the bigger reason why I don't know if I'll ever commit to the paddle. I don't know. I feel like I'm holding the controller much like lighter. Like my grip on the controller isn't nearly what I'm accustomed to because I was constantly like fearful that I'm going to pull or press the trigger. So like the trigger is constantly in my finger, like tip on the, mm. on the tip of my finger, but I don't want to put any pressure down on, on it at all for fear of pressing the button. And there was all these things where like I would set my controller down. For example, I would set my controller down to like take a drink or check my phone. And then I would pick up the controller and what would I do? Yep. I'd, I'd grab the grip paddle. and I'd press the paddle yep. and the paddle set to B and then the menu comes open yep. and it was all of those types of things. I was like, I don't either. I'm not good enough to realize the advantage of this or like, I don't necessarily, it, I just wasn't the most comfortable. So by the time I got it done and everything, when I started playing other games, I just took the paddles off. Now, yeah. the, so, so the, to comment basically on what you're saying too, the only games I religiously use the paddles for was Fortnite and for Apex. And I think that might be the the difference. It gives you a competitive edge. It's like you're able to jump and reload while you're in the midair instead of trying to slide your thumb across multiple buttons. You're able to press one and then trigger, uh, paddle rather, and, and do it for those like that. Any other type of game, I've never used the paddles once for. And, and to be honest, the paddles are off now for me, but I still think it feels like the best controller even without the paddles, but I only use the paddles in like a competitive nature. Okay. Well, I, I tried it, and, and and I'm sure I'll try it again. I, I might try it next time I play Gears. 
Mm. I know a lot of folks with gears like the paddles. I might give it another try there too. Um, I just not overly like some folks in discord, they talk about paddles. Like it's revolutionary. It's enchanted. Yeah, no, I don't feel that way at all. Like, I don't either. It's a thing you can play with, but I also can play without them. Um, but that controller, by the way, is exquisite. A controller it is. Is, feels so good. The, the, the elite two controller is, is amazing. Like the moment you, the moment I picked it up out of the box, I was like, Oh my God, this is like this. It just, the feel that alone is worth the price. I know it's a heavy price, but it doesn't, there's nothing. It feels like everything. Like, I mean, yep. it, it's, it just feels so much better than any, I don't want to play with any other controller ever. Mm -hmm. Like that is the perfect controller. I know everybody's been saying it. I don't think it's hyperbole. I don't think it's hype. I think it's the real deal. Like everybody says it's the best controller ever made because I mean, I, I had it like I pulled out of the box for 30 seconds and it was like, yeah, this is the best controller has ever been made. It just, man, it feels perfect. It feels just choice. It's good. It's very, very, very good. And, and, you know, it looks good to boot and you guys know me. I, I love my designs and stuff and it looks fantastic too. So I'm, I'm very happy that, that I bought it and I look forward to playing uh, lots. I did hear on the Xbox drive that a lot of people are having problems with it. Apparently. Oh, you're talking about sticks and all. Like, I have not had a single issue at all, hm. and uh, I think I would notice. <laughs> and and very, we all know Donnie gets all the issues. So I would this be time... very <laughs> upset if I paid for 180 dollars for anything oh, that yeah. stuck or didn't. I would be furious. <laughs> it's like having Joy Cons at Drift. It'd be oh. so. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah, I would be if I had those. If I had as many as everybody else reports, I've had one that I fixed, but. Yeah. You know, like, and that was after a while. So, no, but and I also didn't pay $180 for it either. That's true. <laughs> um, and no. All right. With that being said, everyone, you've heard enough from us. So it's time to hear from you. It's time to check out the messages. Message for you, sir. You've got mail. M-A-I-L or M-A-L-E? Ooh. Yeah. Welcome to Prime. Oh, God. That is, that is this show. <laughs> it is this show. <laughs> this, this, this is all we do here. This is what Lucas and I are known for. Um, CG Prime renamed Sausage Party. Yes. Ooh. Great Epis movie. Episode title. No. Um, <laughs> to the messages. First one comes in from Sean Capri. He asks three questions. Can I come over for Thanksgiving? What are we eating? What are we playing? Yes. Mm. I yeah, catch off, <laughs> yes. We have at my house, we have sort of an open door policy for friends and family. So oh, nice. I will extend that to you. Mostly because we have so few people who actually show up. It's basically just my family, like my immediate family, and then my mom because she's on her own. So if I didn't invite her here, she wouldn't do anything. So... I'd feel bad if she was just by herself on a major holiday like that. Um, same thing with Sean. I'd feel bad if you were by yourself on a major holiday. Uh, we're eating. Well, we have the we have the typical stuff. I'm I'm kind of I kind of like ham better usually, but uh, we still do turkey. Like you got it right. Um, but my wife makes this awesome corn dish that is like corn, but also cornbread. At the same time, it's like this cornbread bake thing. It's mm. so good. It's so good. Once you eat some, you're going to want that recipe. I'll get it. to. We should for Thanksgiving, we should all just share Thanksgiving recipes. 
We should do that on the Ooh. Discord. Um, what are we playing? We're going to play all of the board games that I bought when I had people to play board <laughs> games with. We're going to dust those off. We're going to get them out, and then we'll spend two hours learning the rules and then not play the game because we're tired. So That works. That works. That's That's right. Yeah. Uh, Donnie? Uh, yes, you can come over. This year is very interesting because all of the ancillary family that we typically go to Thanksgiving houses to, they're all leaving. They're all going to other Thanksgiving houses. So we're home alone this year for Thanksgiving. Free. And uh, my wife is adamant that we are ordering Thanksgiving dinner from Cracker Barrel. She she fawns okay. over and over and over about this grand Cracker Barrel Thanksgiving dinner catering thing that they do. So we're just going to buy that. it. So she's not going to cook. We're all just going to hang out and relax and just stay in. So, Sean, it's a ripe opportunity to come do some gaming. And uh, if you're going to come hang out, we're going to play. I need somebody to play. Somebody play World War Z with me. Damn it. I, I played World War Z with Sean. <sighs> just saying. That's fine. <laughs> um, Sean, you can also come over here. Um, what are we eating? What aren't we eating? Bacon um, tacos. So, uh, oh, bacon tacos would be great. Um, my dad actually has a smoker and he smokes his turkey, which is amazing. Uh, so I would recommend that uh, my wife will probably go ahead and do a butternut squash soup, which is actually really, really good. And I've never thought I would be interested in that kind of dish. Isn't it a bisque? Butternut. It yeah, it technically it is more of a bisque and consistency on, and stuff. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Sorry. You can't I'm, share any recipes. I'm not Justin Warner. Group. Contrary to popular belief, I'm not him. So, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <tell you> things. <laughs> That's if what it, somebody trying to. <laughs> that's what somebody would say. Yeah. That's what they would say. That's what I would say. Um, but no, so we're doing all the different things, all the sides are the best part. Let's be honest. Turkey's okay, or the ham's okay, but the sides exactly. Really it's true. So, so we'll be doing tons of that stuff. What are we playing? Uh, Sean, I'll help you get some wins in Fortnite. I, I heard on if we were in Nintendo how envious you were of Mr. Bad Bit being able to play with uh, me and him and Skinny Matt and getting all those dubs. Um, but also, and this is kind of like Luke, stealing Lucas's answer here. I was kind of mad you, you mentioned board games. I would say we're actually going to hop in the car then, Sean, after playing Fortnite. We're going to drive to Josh's house. We're just going to raid all of his games. And oh, there's we, plenty of unplayed ones there. Exactly. And we may not even play them, but I want to at least rearrange his shelves or maybe swap pieces and Ooh. get him really like we can make our own game out of like 10 different games that he has. And we'll kind of do our choose your own adventure type game. So that would I would say and make Josh really mad. Uh, we go uninvited. And uh, yeah, great times for Thanksgiving. American Thanksgiving, might I say, because jo uh, Josh's Sean Thanksgiving was like a month ago, and they don't even make a big deal about it, really. Wow, they're yeah. not very thankful at or, all. Or they don't make a big deal about it. Don't you? Oh, oh boy, here we go. Oh boy, I'm surprised nobody said we're eating poutine. Sorry about that. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Sean, for that. Uh, Chalfie asked a question. At what point in the year do you stop buying games and start start monitoring the Black Friday deals? Does FOMO get a hold of you and you end up buying games day one? Or are you strong and you, you stay vigilant looking for those deals? Donnie, you're the deal hunter. <laughs> but you're also the FOMO day one guy. So yeah, the FOMO <laughs> definitely wins all the time. Um, I still haven't played Dragon Quest. I, I, I told Caroline today... No. Just give me whatever you want and take me out to lunch and it's yours. I'm, I'm never going to play this game. I can't get to it. I've got to get to Star Wars and Outer Worlds and everything else. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I start monitoring. I monitor deals all the time. It's not just Black Friday, but like, like it ratchets up during Black Friday. 
this black friday though i think i've done everything like yeah. that's that's the weird thing is like i've bought everything that i wanted to buy i definitely would i would suggest to anybody that wants to to subscribe to the devon tyus theory of waiting for black friday for everything you will save tons and tons of money like just imagine what somebody's going to pick up star wars in like two weeks for i think you're going to say the devon you know mantra of just playing destiny 2 and not playing well, any games true, so you true. don't need to spend he any always, money because you <laughs> he always waits for black friday to pick up a couple of things yeah that's the best way to do it because you will save more money that way. But, you know, like it takes a lot of uh, power, and especially, you know, it's, I mean, I don't want to put pressure on anybody, but we have a podcast. Like mm. we have to, we can't just keep talking about the same thing over and over and over and again. So, you know, like you got to play something at some point, you got to start filling the, filling the things, something, you got to rent something, try something, game pass something. Um, but yeah, no, the FOMO gets the best of me most of the time. So I can't even act like it doesn't. Yeah, it's true. I'm I'm kind of the same way. Uh, I'm not normally a day one FOMO, but I'm like a week or two and watching everybody else play something FOMO guy. So I still end up paying too much. Uh, I I don't have a point where I stop buying games um, to monitor Black Friday instead, but I do just take a look at Black Friday and say, okay, what do they have? Is there anything on sale that I wanted to grab? Um, and that's kind of how I approach Black Friday. Also, there's specifically say, oh, I'm not buying Star Wars because I'm waiting for Black Friday. Or I'm not buying this game because of Black Friday. I kind of just buy what I'm going to buy and then look on Black Friday and say, ooh, would I like this as well? And kind of pick up extra games that were, you know, maybes on my list or I'll get to this eventually. But then I see the good price. Like, I think Days Gone is a great example. Like, that's what I've been waiting for. And I do want to play it. Um, and I believe it's like 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Uh, so I'm like, well, here's an opportunity where I may grab that now because it's something I still wanted to play. I just haven't gotten to it. So why spend $40 more and have it sitting there? Like, unfortunately you've done with uh, dragon quest where you do want to play it, but you spend full price. And, you know, eventually by the time you get around to playing it, you probably could get it for a little bit cheaper. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Lucas, you don't buy games. So, I mean, I don't even know why we're asking you. But, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Humble bundle. I'm, I was going to say, I'll say a bunch of stuff that isn't relatable to anybody who listens. Um, so when you're a steam users such as myself and you play on the pc there's pretty much four black fridays in a year as far as steam sales go i mean they have a steam sale for everything plus things are always going on sale so when it comes to games like that i look more i look at my wish list i see what's on sale because they're they're great about emailing you and oh yeah this is on sale yeah but you want to buy that don't you and there is an unspoken number for each game in my head that I'm willing to pay. And I don't know what it is until I see it. And then I go, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll pay five bucks for Arkham Knight or whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. um, you know, that doesn't work great for newer games. So for that, uh, I'm still clinging on to my Gamers Club Unlocked or whatever. I've got that until. That was a big part of it. I, I Before mine ended. I bought everything I could. Yeah, find. That was, that's why I have Dragon Quest. I got to make it count. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for that, what I've done is I've pre-ordered the games that I know I will need to buy. And then there was Rage 2 in there for some reason. But I bought, you know, Doom Eternal that way. I bought Cyberpunk or pre-ordered Cyberpunk and uh, Jedi. But that's because there were there were reasons behind all of those, except for Rage 2. Uh, because, you know, Cyberpunk is my jam. That's my life's blood. Jedi, I've been clamoring for a Star Wars game since the one this other single player one got canceled. Like right. if if I know in my heart that I need these games, I can do those pre-orders. And it's been a long time since I've pre-ordered games like that. But uh Gamers Club Unlocked makes it a lot easier. I don't know what I'm gonna do after that, but yeah. Game so. 
Game Pass. Yeah, basically. I mean, that's that's what I rely on now to play mm. anything new. It's like, oh, Outer Worlds. Well, only because I got Game Pass. Guess I'm never canceling that. So, yep. that's great. <laughs> um, so next question comes from Brian Underwood. Uh, since I'm making up Pokemon on the Nintendo stream, if you didn't know, Caroline streamed Pokemon for like all day and dealt with that toxic uh, crowd of folks who apparently oh are attacking Pokemon. Um, but he was making up Pokemon on the stream. If we were in charge of Pokemon design, what's one Pokemon we'd make? Name, appearance, signature move, and the effect thereof. I feel like this is just a prime setup for you guys to make fun of Pokemon. So no, I'm dude, I went, no, I went all out. I, no, no, I did. I did my homework, dude. This is the only reason why I wanted to answer the questions. I completely made a Pokemon. I went out of my way. I have all three forms. I got Ooh. everything. Oh, wow. wow. So do you want me to go first? So you guys yes. have time? Okay. <laughs> so here's my here's my um, my Pokemon. It is uh, basically a computer. It's the first form is Pooterbox. That's the name. Second form is Computator. And then the third and final form is Terraflopus. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. So first form appearance. A large potato with keyboard and mouse. Very basic, like Amazon basics, keyboard and mouse. Second form, an all-black server tower. I'm talking like monolithic, quite large, with uh, USB-C tendrils coming out of every USB port. Uh, and then the final form looks like a 360-degree tempered glass cube with blinding RGB everywhere. Just like nice. memory, CPU, all that stuff just psh, blinged out. Moves include the RGB flash, which obviously causes mm. a blinding status effect, the benchmark, which causes paralysis, and the signature, which is the blue screen of death or the B-Sod, <laughs> which does a twofer. I don't even know if this is possible. <laughs> this is my Pokemon ignorance coming out. It, it's a confusion slash freeze effect. Yes. Because they're confused and frozen because they can't move. Yes. It's the blue screen of death. Jesus. You've I'm, killed this question. I know. I, I'm, you I'm win. Even. This is perfect. <laughs> I got nothing. So I if mean, somebody I mean, could just draw that for me. <laughs> Caroline, go ahead. Start drawing these Pokemon. Thank you. Wow. I mean, you you straight up destroyed that question. As a child who used to dream up Mega Man characters, you know, oh. it comes fairly natural. Also, I read the question as soon as it was given, and I was like, I can't come empty handed to this. I, I, this is fun. This is too much fun. So I, I, I went it's pretty much all I did today. I don't even know where my kids are right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Donnie, do you have anything? I know that, I that's really tough don't. to follow. I, I, like I, I, I saw the question on the dock and, and I sat there and I thought to myself, like, I immediately started like, you know, you do what you do. I started going through pets and I was like, well, there's a dog yeah. and cats. They already do that. And I tried to like, think of like a golf type Pokemon. And oh, I really yeah. couldn't come up with something that didn't look like, something off of like um, a Muppet or something like that. And I mean, I would hate to even try to follow up what he just did. So I know <laughs> at this point, I'm just going to refrain from even trying. No, <laughs> I'm good. Time. It's, it's terrible. So what I, you did oh, is you crushed hopes and dreams. You did. You did. I really should have just gone first. Uh, the only thing I could think of, uh, number one, I didn't have enough time. And I mean, I don't really know. You know, Donnie gets a lot of flack for liking all the Gen One Pokemon. I'm with him oh, on that. Like, like yeah, I'm there as well. So I, I mean, well, it's, there it's may really be like Gen like One to Three. Oh, but sure. The, but the thing is, with it, it's it's not. See, I think the Pokemon like like Caroline, diehard game Pokemon, right? Yeah, so she's mm -hmm. all about the games. I'm more. I 
became a Pokemon fan because of the card game and trading cards. Mm-hmm. And I did that in the midst of Gen 1 and 2. Yeah. And I continued to do it through 3. And then after that, I kind of followed off. Even though I started, I kept playing the games, that was my poke time. That was where it was like incubated and curated. That's why I love those Pokemon. It's not because of the game or any tie into that. It's literally because when I build Pokemon decks, those are the ones I play with. That's it. Interesting. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, my lame attempt here uh, is is a poison fire type Pokemon. Ooh. So I, I don't know if that exists, but the only reason why I thought of this was is I was trying to think of what would be the most ridiculous Pokemon I could come up with. And my Pokemon's name is Flavorton, as in Flavortown. Yeah. So this Pokemon would look like Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> and it would basically be a chef Pokemon who would use fire attacks and would poison you with their foods. Um, his finishing move would, of course, be winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, <laughs> and that's how he would finish off his opponents. That's kind of all I can come up with just in my head. But yeah, winner, no, winner, like chicken it. dinner, like WWCD Pokemon movie would be called like Wicked. Oh, yeah, that's true. See, you're way more into this than I was. Yeah. That is what it is. But that's all the questions we got sent in. But I believe Donnie has something he wants to to raise. Yeah, I do have a question just because I wanted to get it out there for the public and like really put somebody on the spot and really like just get it fully invested in the community. So he's held to it. I need to know, are either of you coming to the PSVG house party that's been fully funded, that equipment's being bought for, the travel plans are being made for? And let's start with the highlight spotlight of the moment. Lucas Rose, are you going to be there? Yeah talking to me across the, the the thing, taking a look at my computer, finding all of my hidden porn, doing all the things <laughs> in my stuff. Like, are you going to be there? Is it really hidden though? Yeah, it's really I mean, not. It's like a, it's like a bookmark file library. You it's, know? it's it's the folder name. It's new folder. It's not even on the folder. It's literally in the browser. It's just the bookmark. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Who, who has that on their actual computer? Um, yeah. So I talked to my wife about it uh, and you know, basically all it comes down to is will it work for our schedule? She's a teacher, so she'll be she should be out of school by that point. Might have some things. You know, teachers are never done. They have to still be there even if the kids are gone. I don't understand it. Um so yeah, you know, she gave me the green light. She's like, "Yeah, if I if I had something for work, you wouldn't say no." And I said, "You know, well, this isn't it, podcasting is work, but it's a little bit different than your job. Uh, but yeah, she was pretty on board with it. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping to have my car ready so I can take that on the field trip and we'll see, we'll see how that does. But you might, you guys might have to pick me up halfway out, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, I, I gave it some thought personally and I was like, when am I going to have a chance to do something like that again? I'm, I'm not going to go to a con. And even if I, d- even if I were like, man, that sounds like, a cool thing to go to by myself. Like I'm not that kind of person. I, I I don't, you know, anybody who does do that, you know, more power to you, but I cannot, I could not do that. So yeah, I looked at this as an opportunity to kind of do something like this that I wouldn't normally do. And it's, it's not like, even if it happened every year, you know, every other year or something like that, it's not so frequent that it's like, what are you doing? You know, (laughs) It's not every month we meet sure. up and, and stuff. So, yeah, as long as everything works out, I have the green light and I'll be there. This is so awesome. This makes I, me so happy. I, I, I You are really gunning for, for me. Like like you were picking your 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 team, like you're um, doing the, the roster and 
and uh, drafting us. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll be there. I'll do your, I'll I'll set everything up and I'll be your name man and say, oh oh no, you can't have that many computers streaming through the same internet or on this unplugged into the same thing now, or whatever. We've got to plug you back in because Dev and I have already started laying out the room. So what we figured out <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna push the couches out of the way. We're gonna put the stage or the table, the stage, the table in the lights where the couch is because what we realized is. We need a computer, like we need a screen, the TV in the room being it, that the people sitting at the table can watch and react to. Ah, uh, yeah. Because we can't run it off the computer because the computer is going to be 10 feet away. We're like we're mm -hmm. running into all these. And now we're already starting to talk about it. how do we get headphones to everybody? Now we got to come up with all these different adapters and splitters and, and extensions because we're sitting at the table. Like, how do we, how do we, how are we listening to this? Because at first it's like, we're not all going to be sitting there like watching on our phone. We've got to have something in front of us that we're watching. And it's something we haven't taken into account. So we're starting to run through all of these questions in our head, trying to figure it out. I'm sure it's going to be an absolute train wreck and fire that first day, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be the best fire, like the best train wreck. Um, I can't believe that we're doing this. You guys have known how much I want to do this. And I'm just, Kevin, did you ever expect, did you ever think, Hey, you want to do a podcast? Well, I, you didn't ask me if I was coming yet. So, well, I already know you are, but. It was yeah. really just a, a big illusion to get, <laughs> to get Lucas to commit on air. He's trying. He's the hype man. He's like, Lucas is coming. We got to be excited. I'm pretty excited. This is the last chance. Like I've met some people, some online people once before when I was young, like 19. But this really will probably be the last time that you people I call internet friends, which are probably closer than most of my friends mm -hmm. from my life. Um, look at it. You Jason. Uh, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, you know, it'll be the last time that I do any of that where I get together with people who actually talk about the same things I do. Like, I don't have that except for Jason here. Um, so it'll be really awesome to get in a game or get in a room with a bunch of gamers who talk about the stuff that I really don't talk about with anybody else in mm -hmm. real life. So, Makes looking sense. forward to it makes sense um i did forget we had one other question that we were told to ask in every podcast i forgot oh. about paul calico's lightsaber question um so i'm oh, trying yeah. to remember it from memory i believe he asked what type of hilled we'd have and what color lightsaber it would be so donnie did you answer this on empire i haven't listened to the did. Day, so you already covered it okay um so lucas do you know your answer or do you need to ponder? Well, when you say hilt, do you mean like is it gonna be double bladed or are you yeah, just saying yeah. Or is it gonna it? be like like um um oh my god, I can't remember his name, the, the new bad guy. Kylo Ren or Kylo Ren. They, I, yes, Ren. Rilo Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Kylo Ren or, or you know, or like Count Dooku's got the curved gotcha. one, you know, stuff like I've that. I've always been a um didn't Ventress have the curved ones too? I always liked yes. the, the curved end ended ones. And uh, I think mine would be a little bit shorter too. So very, Ooh. very kind of um, sexy looking. I don't know. I, I mean, the the original trilogy uh, lightsabers are all kind of bulky mm -hmm. in, in my estimation. So mine would be very svelte. And uh, I think I would go. I don't know if this actually exists because w once the, the saber colors, once there were video games, it just kind of all flew out the window. Yep. And it, I mean, black, How black is like the absence of color. How does that even There's work? There's a dark saber that I learned last night about. Uh, so exactly where i don't where know did what you it is i can't tell you again do you I know where it came from it's in some historical Book. myths of star wars before the things i don't yeah, know that's the other problem is that all got yeah, i got so. schooled by lucas and nathan about it last night so as somebody who understands that green means sentinel and blue means whatever whatever uh i'd go with silver i think that would Ooh. be pretty freaking sweet Ooh. that's nice i also went with the curved hilt 
just just in case Ooh. nobody else listened to Empire. I went curve tilt with purple because purple is my favorite color. And then yeah. Luke said that the curve Dooku thing was like the worst one. But then I Googled it and it was like third best in some ranking thing uploaded. I think it <laughs> I looks guess you either, awesome. <laughs> I guess you either love it or hate it. Mine would be shorter too, by the way. I know a lot of them are quite long, but Oof. shorter blade, you know, faster, easier to manipulate. You don't want to be cutting off your own like dual blades like daggers. It's not the size of the blade. It's what you do. Almost. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't I don't need a long blade to chop your head off. I just need a lightsaber. Fair enough, fair enough. So, so you have to go with me on this one. I'm, I'm coming up with my own stuff because this is what I do. A uh, scythe, uh, a lightsaber scythe. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> you said it well. <laughs> no, that would um, be all right. So, color. Sorry, Samuel Jackson. I'm going purple. Boom! That makes three. Purple okay. is a good. Purple is a good. Color. Love it. But... I was told it wasn't allowed for some weird reason. Well, because Samuel Jackson is the only one yeah. who has it. He, he <laughs> not anymore. Well, no, but he no, he wrote that into the thing. He would only do the movie if he got to have a purple lightsaber and be the only person yeah. to have a purple lightsaber. Are you serious? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Diva much? It's Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> tell him it's Star Wars. He didn't audition. They That's said probably... we want you, and he says, "Okay, but I want this." So they they wanted him. I mean, him, so yeah. if you're, yeah, I was gonna say, if you're weighing out the the that is some green M and M's junk. If I've ever, that is ridiculous. Well, well, Nick Nick Fury in the Marvel movies, he wasn't he wasn't a black guy until Samuel Jackson did. Now in the comics, he's a black guy. Like it's he changes whatever the hell he wants. And people do it. I um, he's a but I don't want my blade to be the same structure as everybody else's. So Kylo Ren has like kind of those flame ones that come out the side. Yeah, I want my entire lightsaber to be like that, though. I want to be like vented like it's a flame versus a lightsaber. Well, that's because his kyber crystals cracked and you don't want a cracked kyber. What? Maybe I do. (laughs) A purpose blade. Oh, yeah. I mean, there might be some benefits. And then lastly, the Hild. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't believe this has been done. It might be in some weird book or something. I want like a cutlass healed Hild. So you have like that hand guard. Uh-huh. Because to me, that seems to be the dumbest thing that people could just like. So you look hand, like you... like a, a fencer with a flaming sword. More like a pirate, but yeah. <laughs> flaming pirate lightsaber sword. Yep. He's just got like a thing cut yep. all around his hand. He's just yep. on God. I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm not talking about the dome like like an, an offensing thing. I'm talking about the one that just covers your knuckles when you're holding it like a, like a pirate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. what I want. All right. That's all what right. I want. But wouldn't it have okay. to be made out of a lightsaber for it to deflect? And I just feel like, yeah, he just turns his hand and he just chops his own fingers off. Like this yeah, is whatever. this is a workplace injury waiting to happen. It, that's that's me to a T. I think it's very fitting. Should have went with a scythe. <laughs> <laughs> a lightsaber mace. How does that even <laughs> Can I take off the suit? You said lightsaber scythe, and I started going through like lightsaber rake, lightsaber shot. Well, I, just initially, I thought, through, like, I thought battle bullets. axe at first, actually. When, I was like, what if I can have a lightsaber battle axe? That's what I was thinking initially. That's like, good. That's too that's weird, amazing. but yeah. I was thinking, like just like, too handy. Weird or awesome. Uh, lightsaber claws like Wolverine. You see that? Like, you just think about it. He's just like, you're holding like this giant stick, and then you hit it, and the, this battle axe just comes <laughs> out of it. That's amazing. Yeah, that's true. I was always I always like those staff thingies that those robots that guarded um, General Grievous had. Yeah, yeah, those were mm-hmm. pretty cool. They weren't lightsabers, but they were still mm-hmm. cool. No, no. Anyway, we're I way know. off topic. Yeah, I don't, now it's just Star, <laughs> Star Wars podcast. Star Wars. I haven't podcast. even played Jedi yet. And nope. Jeez. You know what we should do? We should we should get off the podcast and go play Jedi. Thankfully, I installed it. 
Normally so I, I don't do that. So we were supposed to have an interview come up next, but I think what we're going to happen, we're just going to cancel it. So Lucas and I can go play Jedi. Yeah, uh, I think that's I mean, a good, I think that's a good uh, compromise. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Thanks everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. I'm just kidding. There's totally an interview coming up instead of the news. So make sure you stay tuned. We'll be right back with that. All right. And as promised, listeners, we do have a special guest this evening, uh, Mr. Richard Clifford. Uh, you may not know him yet, but we're going to give you a reason to know him and hopefully follow him on this little journey about something he's working on that has Donnie a little hot and bothered. And for once, it's not around Pokemon or anything like that. So excited. <laughs> so uh, to give you some background, uh, Richard is from MinMax Games, uh, has worked in the industry for quite some time. So he's not he's not a newbie to this at all. Uh, previously, if I if I have my notes here correct, you worked at Radical Entertainment, which was a subdivision of Activision. Uh, it wasn't originally uh, Activision took us over uh, roughly when I decided to go and do the indie thing, actually. Ah, so hostile takeover, and you said deuces. I'm out of here. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but you did work on games such as Scarface and uh, Prototype, correct? Yep. And I, I will say, Prototype, I freaking love that game. Yeah, that was a great game. I think a lot of people did not pay enough attention to that game. Yeah, it, it was bad. It got a sequel, but uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think Activision really had any intention of keeping it around. Yeah. If I can throw some love in, I love Scarface on Wii. Uh, we've talked about <laughs> that over the years, Kevin. Scarface on Wii was really, really good, and and a really cool like licensed tie-in for anybody. That's, if if yeah. you never had a Wii and you never played it, Scarface for Wii was basically like the Wii's version of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, like, they didn't get those, but it was a licensed tie-in. But back then, all the licensed tie-ins are basically like retelling of the movie story. Scarface wasn't. Scarface was like, hey, what if Scarface ended differently and then set you off on a brand new game? It's like a sequel. Is really, really cool. And um, great like controls and pointers. I was a big fan of that. And I we've brought it up over the years. We talked about Wii and old favorites, and I really appreciated Scarface back in the day. It's too bad I can't talk about it, but it is uh, it is public knowledge on the internet that there was a sequel we were working on that got canceled. So that kind of adds to the, you know, Activision, uh, run away. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And run away you did, but you did go off and start mid-max with uh, Andrew Hume, uh, yep. who he also worked with you uh, at Radical as well? Yeah, we both kind of left at the same time. Uh, and the whole the whole thing kind of fell out a, a few months later. So hmm. uh, Activision didn't really have any intention of keeping Radical around. They were more after the, the Warcraft acquisition there. But, uh, right. They they gave us a little bit of time to make to finish up a couple of projects, but most of them got canceled. So, yeah, it's hard to work with that kind of thing. And I mean, I we went through two company takeovers while we were at Radical, so Ooh. it's kind yeah. of frustrating. And it just seems to get less and less fun every time it happens. So, <laughs> it's true. And we and we unfortunately we see this. Well, not I wouldn't say unfortunately, but we do see a lot of takeovers or acquisitions now, as they're really called. And you know, some are not for the best. And then you have some that are, are saying like, no, this is a really good thing. Um, you know, like uh, with the recent ones, Microsoft is kind of doing, it's kind of had a little bit of a turn, but typically uh, during the time frame you're, you're talking about when you heard the word acquisition and not, Oh, you know, somebody was just buying up the licenses or whatever the projects they were working on, not really interested in the developers or the teams or anything. They just wanted the, the IPs that they worked with more than anything. Yeah. Well, they didn't really have any interest in any of our IPs. They, for the most part, wanted Warcraft, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but but hey, 
since then though you you've started mid max games you released a game in 2011 spaz yep. uh, space pirates and zombies which had a pretty good re- reception uh almost 2000 reviews on steam i believe um so overall pretty cool what, what was the experience making that jump um from coming to working with a with a, with a studio to kind of being a two-man team and getting to do what you wanted to do well it's, it's definitely fun having the creative freedom but it was absolutely horrifying like uh <laughs> to go from i mean i like like radical kind of went under shortly after we left but to basically give up a relatively stable well-paying job to not getting paid for two years was was really scary <laughs> and it was kind of a bummer it's like are we doing the right thing is this even gonna work <laughs> but uh you know and by the time we were getting close to release uh steam even rejected us uh initially and we didn't know what we were gonna do i mean i was like crying i was we were getting sick like oh my god uh you know two years of our lives but uh we ended up getting picked up by impulse and uh, they gave us a nice big push, and something that Steam usually never does is they emailed us back and said, "Hey, come back." And <laughs> wow! So, usually that doesn't happen, but right. uh, you know they they seem to like us now. So, Spaz Two ended up on Steam right away. We didn't have any problems with that after that. Yeah, once you get that track record, it seems to be a little bit easier yeah. to, to pass go, collect your two hundred dollars, and move along. Um, so the idea for Spaz. Where, where did this come from? How did you determine that, like, hey, we're starting, we're doing our own thing. We're in this terrifying stage, as you mentioned here, not knowing, you know, how you're going to get things done. How did you come up with the spaz? What, what was the inspiration behind that? Well, uh, my business partner and I, we would go and have meetings and talk and have a coffee while we were at Radical. And we just got to gushing about Star Control, basically. It's like, mm. why don't they make any games like this anymore? I just want to have a cute little top-down space game and but I wanted to have some HD graphics, but still maintain that look and that feel. And there just wasn't really anything like that being made. And we kind of based our whole company motto around making, you know, games that they don't make anymore that people seem to want to still play. Yeah. That's so that, sorry. No, no, I was that, that makes a lot of sense, especially yeah. getting to what we're going to talk about later. You definitely seem to take inspiration from those games that everyone loves and remembers, but for whatever reason, people just stop doing them they, they like to go it's almost like game developing is like let's let's find the safest product to put out there and kind of just go with that model that form that's there but they don't really go for making improvements on like cult favorites yeah like star sure. control Star control was awesome i i remember playing it so the second you said that i was like i do see the correlation there that makes a lot of sense between that and spaz but it's just like you're right people don't think to go and dig those licenses up or create something new and kind of just uh, improve on that tried and true formula they more just want to go the safe route of, of doing kind of the same thing over and over again but uh, you definitely took something and made it a lot cooler um so after after doing spaz and, and eventually spaz 2 did you guys start feeling a little bit better about what you were doing that did some of that the nerves go away the uneasiness the the unsettling nature of of being an indie developer did that kind of put some fuel behind everything well yeah so i mean after spaz one you know we had some income (laughs) so i mean it was it was a little bit better so with spaz two we're like okay so we've got some money from the first game to fund the development of our second game instead of you know i mean uh, my business partner he was like living off of like a reverse mortgage it was getting really insane uh you know and we're just basically draining our bank accounts but with spaz two it was like okay we have some money so we'll put a bunch of it back into developing another game. 
So it was, I mean, that's probably why it's, it's, it's a big reason why it took so long. Like Spaz 2 took five years instead of the two. Right. So we wanted to, to try to knock it out of the park and add all this cool stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't have the, the crazy money stress the second time around, like we did the first time. So it allowed us to make some changes to the game and increase its scope and take a long longer on it. So it was definitely, I mean, it was really difficult working on a project for five years, I'll tell you, but uh, um, it definitely, the money stress wasn't there the second time. Well, speaking of which, actually, I think we'd all kind of like to know, and anybody who's getting into game development would like to know, um, and you touched on it a little bit, but from a business perspective, how does that work exactly where you're, you're, you're a two-man studio, basically, and you've got two, two games over five years that you've released, and you've said, like, you know, your reverse mortgages, feel, feel free to get as personal or impersonal as you feel comfortable with, but how do you make that work? Like, for anybody trying to get into that, um, me personally, I tried to get into game design. Uh, I didn't go that way, but the indie scene is really big now. And I'm sure there's a lot of people trying to get into that. How does how do you make it work financially from a business and personal uh, perspective? Well, luckily, we, I mean, we had some money from Radical saved up, but not a heck of a lot. Mm -hmm. um, some people, it's actually a lot harder now, I'll tell you. Like uh, when we released Baz, you know, I mean, we got rejected on Steam because they were curating a lot of their stuff. But now, I mean, you know, anybody can go on there and just push a button and throw a hundred bucks and you've got your page. Uh, so it's actually really hard to get noticed now than it was back then. I, I, I would recommend to anybody that if they, if they were trying to break into this to not do it full time, <laughs> have a job <laughs> on the side maybe. Yeah. And keep your scope reasonable. Not like we did with Spaz too. <laughs> but, uh, it's it's really hard. It's a it's super difficult, and and even with Golftopia, because it's not Spaz, it's actually hard. Even with being part of Midmax, to even get people to look at this being a new thing, it's a it's it's super hard. Yeah, it seems like you're always rewriting like what to do as you're doing it. From any game development stuff that I've read, it just seems like you don't really know until you're in it. Would yeah. you say that's true? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh you know, and trying to manage your, your scope is 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 super difficult. So I mean, you know, you gotta kinda have to set boundaries like how much money am I gonna spend on this, how much time am I gonna spend? Am I gonna jump in and do this for you know 60, 80 hours a week, or do I run another job on the side? But it's it's tough. I don't really have those answers. We got in at a pretty good time and we had some luck here and there. But yeah, it's a uh, I mean, there's a thousand games that come out on Steam a day mm -hmm. now, so it's it's tough, it's tough. But ultimately, I mean, if you've got a really good game and it's a really good idea and it's fun, you should be able to do something with it. But yeah, it's it's tricky, like marketing and everything. I'm not uh, I'm not going to pretend to be a professional at that. I'm terrible <laughs> at that. Too. But uh, it's definitely hard. Yeah. So, I mean, like it, it makes a lot of sense. So, given your background working with you know, studios before, departing, going on your own thing starting your own creative journey being the you know the indie developer along with that creative freedom the ability to work you know when you want as you said do i need to do 60 80 hours this week or can i do 20 and do something on the side or say hey i want to work on this specific part of the game now like you get to choose you have that freedom are there any 
downsides other than the financial situations we kind of talked about in your mind in trying to make it work as an indie developer versus just signing on uh, with a publisher? Maybe like I, I, you can, you come out of school and you're ready to program, make your own game. Would you say, you know, is the indie route the way for people to try or should they go with a developer and establish and kind of just signing on with air quotes, the man, what, what would you recommend kind of to people starting out? I guess it really depends on your technical background and, I don't, I don't think I could have done, uh, I don't think I would have been any good at Spaz or Spaz 2 or even Golftopia without the things that I had learned at Radical, right? So, you know, they paid me to learn all this stuff that became invaluable for me when I broke out on my own. Like, you know, you're surrounded by a lot of programmers and artists and you learn things from them. But if I had to do this, like learn all this stuff you know, on the fly or go to school for it. I don't think I would have gotten a lot of the experience that you kind of almost really want for that kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but I mean, I, it's hard to explain. I mean, if you're coming right out of school, that's going to be a tough one because a lot of people are ambitious and, you know, it's like when I look at how much code I've written for this game, it's like a couple of paperback novels worth. It's, it gets really difficult to manage. And if you don't have a lot of experience, like designing out your systems and a lot of experience fixing your own bugs. You know, it's something you kind of have to kind of learn as you go. And it sucks to have to learn on a project that you're passionate about while you're learning. Hey, I don't know a lot of this stuff. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, it's tricky. Sounds like it takes a lot of personal knowledge of yourself and that's kind of, that can be hard to do uh, knowing yourself and knowing what you should do, especially right out of school. If you choose to go that route. Yeah. Um, you got to check your ambition. It's just, uh, it's hard. Yep. Yeah. Um, so with the PC landscape being what it is, you talked a little bit about Steam. You know, Steam's not the only uh, place that you can release a game. It's the most popular probably, but you've got Epic, you've got Game Pass and all those other ones, Origin, Ubisoft, there, Uplay, all that stuff. What, how is that, how does that affect what you do? Do you look at these things and say, oh, let you know, let's have a meeting about where we're going to release our game. Do we talk to Epic and make it an exclusive, uh, you know, that type of stuff. Does that come up for you? Is that a, something that you worry about or talk about? Uh, well, we're, there's no plans to do any of the, uh, the Epic exclusive stuff right now. <laughs> um, but uh, both are, with Spaz 1, we ended up on like all kinds of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we were even on that on life service uh, while it lasted. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. And, uh, yeah. We generally found that for the most part, people are pretty monogamous to Steam. <laughs> and the secondary portals that we were putting the game on didn't really make us a heck of a lot of money. Uh, we did release both the games on GOG. And, <laughs> and they're not bad, but, uh, but yeah, Steam is, is king. But, uh, I mean, something for, like, Golftopia, yeah, I don't see any problem with putting it on the Epic Store or or GOG or whatever, and we've got a little bit of working experience with GOG. Uh, I don't know anything about – I mean, I have the Epic's games launcher, of course, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not sure what it would do, what their process for submission is, but I don't see any reason not to. And, I'm, and I probably will do it anyway, just because you're more likely to get looked at on their service. Yeah, that's the 100,000 games that came out since, you know. 
it's got to be frustrating seeing like steam does so well and no one wants to break their religion from that but it's also such an ocean of of content that even people i know who play only play games on steam are like i can never find anything on here yeah. without it being terrible you know the, yeah. the front page always has those weird like games you've never heard of and i know they're trying to get better at doing that and get content to you that you would be interested in but it seems like it'd be frustrating to try out the other places, have it not do well there, but be like, I can actually be seen here compared to going to steam where there's hundreds of games released every day or every, every week or whatever. So yeah, that's exactly it. And that's what would uh, kind of went down with spaz one when we were picked up by impulse. So they featured us and we got a lot of buzz and we, we sold a lot on their service and that's when steam's like, okay, your game's actually all right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I you can come so. too. <laughs> so you've you've mentioned it a few times now. So we'll, we'll transition on to the the main reason you got Donnie's attention here, and that's that's a little game you're working on now, known as Golf Topia. So it's being described as uh, design, build, and manage your own futuristic golf course. Keep 200 persistent visitors fed, hydrated, and happy. Defend your creation from a growing infestation of weeds with robotic workers and defensive turrets. Uh, eventually evolve your course into a mega resort where nobody wants to go home ever. <laughs> it's uh, basically a retro-futuristic golf management sim, tower defense, pinball hybrid, and is being described on Reddit currently as a love letter to Sim Golf and Futurama. And uh, quite frankly, we love it already. So I'm, I'm going to let Johnny geek out here because he's the one here who brought it to all of our attention. Uh, but we're all hooked on here. So, so Johnny, the, the, the mic is yours, sir. Thank you very, very much. And I appreciate it, Richard, for coming over here. I am so excited to talk to you. The, the day I found out this news, you have no idea what I did to my Discord server. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. Uh, we, we're going to get you featured somewhere else. <laughs> like we're going we're gonna to make sure that this game finds people. You, you better believe that. I do a very good job of hyping up things that I'm, I'm excited for. Sweet. Hashtag shoot Donnie in the face. <laughs> we're going to do something with that. Um, but okay, so I love Sim Golf. Uh, one of my co-hosts here at PSVG on Nintendo Shack and Jason Lacey, he and I both have a long-standing love for Sim Golf. And I personally have this somewhat uh, reputation of loving most golf games. It's a big, big fan. Uh, one of the things I mentioned to you on your Steam page is that I carry around with me. Like it's over, it's right here at my desk. I still have my CD-ROM copy of Sim Golf, and for the longest time, I couldn't make it work on Windows 10. I have found the like the abandonware download code just this year to get it working on Windows 10 again, and played it with my son. We did like a, I think we did a a, a let's play on on Twitch. <laughs> I'm the only person in the world playing this game, so it comes to no shock to me that when YouTube recommended a video to me out of the blue. Or oh, no, I'm sorry, YouTube or YouTube Google pulled out an uh, uh, the Eurogame preview. It was like, hey, Sim Golf something or another. I click on it and I see this futuristic golf course sim. These people hacking balls around, <laughs> shooting around through tubes, and I lost my mind. <laughs> I have, I have, I want to say I have so many questions. I do. I wrote down five. I have five questions that I want to let you take anywhere you want to go. Um, very first part, just to get this out of the way, can you elaborate on your description of the game in terms of, well, when I posted about this, this is the first thing that we got a response to is what does he mean? Tower defense. What does he mean? Pinball hybrid. I think <laughs> I know, I think I know watching you play, but I, I'd like to hear it from you. Yeah. Okay. So 
I mean, you guys have watched the trailer, so you know that there's all kinds of these crazy devices that you can add to your to your golf courses to basically spice them up. So you're not exactly playing pinball with the flippers, but I might totally add that later. Who knows? Um, but it's just <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to quantify the game because I mean, if I come up with a cool, it, okay, actually, I'm gonna start at the beginning. It all started. The originally the game wasn't in the future. It was just a normal sim golf like uh, management sim. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to put in a cute little windmill. And it was totally decorative. And then I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if the fan actually blew the ball around? And I'm like, okay, that is pretty cool. <laughs> but that's totally not really how golf normally is played. I'm like, well, wouldn't it be cool if there was a bumper on the ground or a launcher or teleporters and all this other stuff? And I'm like, well, there goes my art style. I can't really, can't really keep that anymore. So and I'm like, well, let's not stop there. I'm going to add some transport tubes and all this other stuff. So the pinball element isn't so much you playing a pinball, but the fact that there's all these little bumpers and reactive devices that you can place. So not so much the flipper part, but the rest of the table. I've tried to pull in as many of those elements as I can. And anything that can manipulate the ball and play in a way that helps you build a cool course or at least get the balls where you want them to go, I mean, I'm, I'm putting them in. <laughs> so that's the pinball element part. Uh, the tower defense part um, is basically how you deal with the weeds mechanic. So if you remember Sim Golf, they did have a weeds mechanic where yep. uh, you'd have to deal with some dandelions. So I'm like, okay, well, let's take that and kind of push it into the future. So the you know, it's I actually ended up looking at a picture on Google of an actual golf course being infested by kudzu, and it yeah. was super cool. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So what is the enemy of a golf course? Well, it's weeds. So <laughs> And I'm like, I've got futuristic everything, so why not have some turrets? So, I mean, you've got workers that go around and tend to your grounds, but why not build some turrets uh, to deal with those? So as your golf course expands, your front line gets bigger and you have more of this area to defend. And the more holes you have, the more aggressive the weeds will get. And they'll basically try to take over all the landmass that you don't have control over. I love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of talked about this a little bit when we were talking about spaz and your inspiration for it. Why Golftopia? In in today's landscape, I, I can't imagine that there's millions of people out there like me that are just fawning for a new Sims golf. I know we're out there. I trust me. I sent you this YouTube video on how to get it working on Windows 10. It's got twenty thousand views. Like people, there are people out there that still love it. But like, did you just get nostalgic? Like, do you golf? Were you playing Sims golf? Like, what what hit you and you were like, you know what I'm gonna do? After doing Space Pirates and Zombies, I'm going to make a Sim-style golf mechanic game. <laughs> um, well, uh, I I personally think that Sim Golf is one of the best simulation games ever, ever yes! made. Yes, so, he knows. He knows the addiction, Kevin. <laughs> I, I actually, I only and I only play it on the hardest setting too. It's it's brutal oh. on the hardest setting. But uh, I remember when I was younger and Sim Golf had been around, but not super long. But it was out for a while. It was. I was scrounging for some new sim game to play that I hadn't played, trying like Afterlife or whatever. And I'm like, fine, I'll try this golf game. Apparently it's made by two of the best game designers in the world or whatever. And I really had no interest in golf. And then I played it for a couple of days. I'm like, this game is awesome. It's like it, it kind of fixed all the problems I have with a lot of sim games where nothing you're doing is like matters. Like, mm. like everything, every tree, every rock, every dip, every bump, they complain about everything. 
Um, I also, I mean, I'm also a huge Sim City fan, but if you ever saw any of my cities, they look like a circuit board, like a board cube. Like I just figure out the right way to do it and I build it like that. But mm -hmm. Sim Golf is all about characters having fun and, and doing different things. So it, it kind of forces me to build something aesthetic and they react to it in a way that's, that, that's meaningful. And I don't find that there's a lot of games like that. Like I find Roller Coaster Tycoon's close, but I I've, yeah. I just thought Sim Golf was so much more accurate. Like, like I don't know. It's just it was hard to explain. And then I ended up like, okay, maybe golf is actually cool in the real world. So I ended up playing it. And I, yeah, it's pretty fun. So it actually started with a game first, and then I started playing golf. But I've actually had this this longing to make this game in my head for like a decade. So I kind of feel like I've been designing it in the back of my head for a long time. But but how we go from Spaz to Golftopia is a bit of a different story. So after Spaz 2, we were like, okay, that was seven years of pew-pew space pirates. That's a long time. <laughs> and we wanted to do something different. And we found that if it's not a ginormous space opera strategy RPG that my business partner and I are quite different in our, in terms of taste. And we tried to roll around a few different ideas and uh, we ended up deciding that instead of making another game, we would make two at the same time. Ooh. So he's working on something that's not revealed yet. And I'm working on this. But we're still a team, and we still meet every week and talk and help each other out. But we're just going to take this time and make a couple of cute little projects while we can afford to do so. So it's definitely a risk, but you know, it's kind of one of those situations where I don't, I, I want to take the risk. I don't want to look back at this moment and be like, I really wanted to make that game and I just didn't. Yeah, I like so, it. you're like uh, stretching your, you know, your creative muscles you're like you've got this idea it's a passion project you want to do it and it's it's cool that you have some support to do that and you're supporting um and andrew to do the same yeah for sure that's really really cool all right um i've got the link here to your youtube demo which we're going to put in the show notes sure. so listeners click that link and go go watch this game i want to ask you something here um so I know from your demo and from you know just the, the store page and the original pitch that the majority of the focus right now on Golftopia is focused on the sim. It's on the simulation and and running the, like the economy. Yep. Is there any chance that you're going to actually let us play the courses ourselves, like oh, yeah. Sim Golf did, where you could actually have a character host some tournaments and stuff? Yes, that currently does work. You have a manager, you can customize them, you can play on your course. I'm still so, working on how the tournament system will work. I'm trying to come up with an interesting, futuristic idea for that. But uh, but yeah, the playing totally works. Fantastic. It looks very much like sim golf. So you're not you know you don't go down there. You don't have a golf yeah. meter, but you're kind of more or less coaching him through, and you can pick where he's going to shoot and and uh, the style of club you're going to use and whatnot. And your dude levels up, so he sucks really awesome. bad at first. And <laughs> <laughs> doesn't That's everybody that with golf? Yeah, <laughs> that's the best way. That's the best way to play. Um, okay, so off of that, then I've never played Spaz. I must admit, I mean, this this is not the type of game I'd be into. But in preparing for this interview, I did a lot of research and read a lot of reviews and watched a lot of Let's Plays on Spaz. And a lot of people talked about the humor that you guys had put into that game, the dialogue and stuff. And I wanted to know if we could expect anything similar. 
Um, I know you mentioned like your love letter to Futurama. Like Sim Golf was hilarious with like their their plays on pop culture and like celebrities and like the dropping you know houses and stuff and their their little cartoon faces. Can we expect anything like that? Oh yeah, the restaurant. Oh, oh my man, the restaurant I have in the game is called Soylent Golf. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, awesome. Um, okay, so let's do this. Do you have any intentions to let us play with our friends, either in a multiplayer or like a co-op, like a, a shared experience? Um, to be totally honest, I don't have a ton of uh, networking experience, but I do hope okay. to have some sort of map sharing at the very least. Nice. Uh, My next question. <laughs> and I'll, I'll have to. I'll just have to. I'm just sort of working on one thing at a time, and I don't want to say I'm I'm going to do this without really knowing if I can. But uh, but it would be cool if there was some kind of asynchronous thing uh with with certain types of maps i'm not sure but i'm pretty sure we're not going to be having two players on the same map playing live together it's it's not really that type of experience asynchronous golf is the best way to play we we hosted almost like a year's worth of mario golf tournaments and they were super huge because it allowed all of us to play at our own times right. instead of all having to be together at the same time we could all pitch in whenever we had a moment so Oh man, I love this. Uh, I, I do. Wanna, I don't want to put any heat on you. I understand this is like you're brand new. It's just out of the gate. It's just the reveal. But um, I mean, I've, I felt like I had to ask it. Do you have any intention, or, or do you have any like any window in mind into when you think uh, players might be able to expect early access, or if you have like a, we'd love to have this out by 2022 or anything like that? Uh, we're thinking first quarter next year. So the game's pretty good shape right now it's it mostly just tuning and uh, actually trying to get the player to understand that it's a little bit more challenging than you might expect mm -hmm. a golf simulation to be um so hopefully pretty early next year oh, but uh, we're, we're terrible with dates so i don't want to <laughs> are you are you going into early access or will that be a version one release at the moment, it might just be a release. I'm not sure. It depends. I mean, we're kind of in a strange place, so the game's pretty stable, and it works, and there's not really any bugs, and the, the performance is good, and it can run for a long time without leaking. And so I'm not sure if... I'm just... I'm not sure. It just depends. Uh, if there's enough people interested in it in the next little while, I might consider doing early access just to get that community feedback and see what other crazy stuff I can add to the game. But I'm just worried that it, you know, you look at like a lot of people's early access games, they would have been out by now. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where I don't want people to say this game shouldn't have been in early access and there, I'm just leeching off of free testing. So it just, it just depends on, it's really going to come down to the next couple of months to see how, how basically the buzz Dude, people are the yeah. worst. And if you want to leech off of me for free testing, I'd be happy. I'll definitely give you a pre-release key for sure. Oh, and I'm going to buy several other keys and give them away to make sure oh, other yeah. people play too. We're all going to be playing this thing for I'm sure. I'm very, very, very excited for this game. Um, I just last question I want to ask is just I. So I used to play golf, and I actually used to work at a golf club, and I think it's a big part of why I really enjoy this type of game. Are you going to have multiple themes? I've, I mean, I've saw your demo and I've seen the pre and I, I admit the engine or what you're working with. It's gorgeous. It looks great. Especially I love like the night setting and being able to light up the course that that's something unique. But the one thing that I didn't see were multiple style of golf courses in terms of, you know, like links courses and beach courses and mountain courses and desert courses and stuff like that. You have any of that in the works as well? Um, 
Yeah, it's that's a complicated question. So I actually really don't like that there's different themes with certain where you kind of have to shut down and start a new map. So okay, it doesn't really show up a lot in the video actually, but you can totally make a desert map or a beach map or have half of your map be a desert and the other half be temperate. Or you can have a mixture of tropical over here or whatnot. So I, nice. I, I want to have those themes, but I don't want to have any restrictions for how you can paint them down. So sure, just allow I mean, the I've, player to kind of build it. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got different ground types like dirt and, and grass and whatnot. Sure. And then I've got like temperature controls, which will, you know, make it look dry and crappy or, mm -hmm. you know, and then trees will react to the ground temperature. So on the hot end, you'll get lots of dead cactuses and stuff and then on the low end you'll get temperate and somewhere in between you'll get like tropical trees and stuff like that uh so the idea is is i don't want to to pigeonhole the player into a theme but if you want to have uh, a mixture of all that stuff in your golf course i want to give you the power to do that i find roller coaster tycoon does that really well where you can have this part of it be themed and then they move on to like a desert theme or something like that so the idea is is that you there's no there's nothing you can't do on the single map. If that makes awesome. sense. Um, that's, that's all the questions I had. I don't want to put you through the ringer, man. I just wanted to let you know that I, and I already said this to you. I sent it to you in the email and I put it on your steam page. And I just want to say it to you again, publicly and for all of our listeners here. Um, thank you so much for making this game. I, I, I don't, I know a lot of developers out there that they either make games or that they're, they're trying to find a market and trying to find a niche. I know that this one may not be the most, you know, uh, blue ocean strategy in terms, but this is the game that I have been wanting for mm -hmm. years and years. And I never thought I would have it. And the, the moment I saw it, I was like, I'm going to give this game all the support I possibly can. And uh, I'm, I'm going to appreciate it regardless. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very the only one that wants to make this game. <laughs> <laughs> so if in closing, then before we, before we let you go and thanks again for being so generous with your time and joining us tonight to talk about this. Uh, we, we do, as you can tell, especially Donnie appreciate this. I myself was a fan of sim golf as well. Golf story. Another example of, of, of a genre of game that personally in real life, I have zero interest in, but for some reason in, in gaming environment, it, it's very cool. So I, I'm also jazzed to see this. Um, so if, if folks wanted to follow uh, MinMax Games and Golftopia, where's the best place for them to kind of connect with what's going on with the project going forward? Best thing they can do is probably just uh, uh, wish list this on Steam. So those getting those numbers up is everything. So, I mean, we've got a Facebook page and a website, but we're really active on the forums. They're checked many times a day. So if you want to Grab the Steam forms for Spaz or Golftopia or our Facebook page. Um, uh, that stuff gets checked regularly. Okay. Cool. We'll we'll, uh, put, we'll put the links in in that in the show notes for that as well, so people can find the demo, the gameplay, and all the social media things to link up and ask you more questions or to to kind of say uh, to echo our sentiments and say thank you for doing this because this is something we're really excited about doing. So, uh, thank you again for your time, Rich. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. Good luck with Golftopia. Thank you. This has been a PSVG production. Any music, sound effects, or the like is owned by their respective copyright holders. No infringement is intended. The views expressed in this production are those of the individual contributor 
and may not necessarily reflect PSVG. This production may not be repurposed, reused, or redistributed without the express written consent of PSVG. PSVG is powered by patrons at patreon.com PSVG. Become a patron to get special perks, including access to exclusive content.